This episode of Horror Movie Talk is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Horror Movie Talk. On our Patreon, you can gain access to hours and hours of bonus content, including a whole other podcast where we just chat and have fun. You can also receive episodes early and ad-free. Sign up for the right tier, and you can even participate in voting on a movie we review every month. On top of all this, I've recently added a short story written by me that you can go check out, and above all, you'll receive our undying love and gratitude as you help us to create the content we enjoy. From the highest paying tier down to the $2 a month tier, we are so grateful for all our patrons who sacrifice any amount of money to keep the show running. Welcome to Horror Movie Talk. My name is Max Allen, and I am speaking to you now for the first time as a 25-year-old man. That's right. I had a birthday this last week, and for the first time in my life, I've started contemplating my own death as I realize that I am likely already one-third of the way done with my life. <laughs> with me is the wonderful Sydney Lee with a brand new haircut, and Bryce Hansen, who puts the wind in my sails and a smile on my face. Friends, we're going back to our roots and reviewing exclusively horror movies. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Full videos available on YouTube. Don't be a square. Make sure you share that. Also check out patreon.com slash horror movie talk, the equivalent of the adult section at your video rental store. If you want to add your P to the community pool, go to horrormovietalk.com or call 682-253-4468 and leave us a voicemail. Guys, we have a wonderful show for you today. We are reviewing Suspiria from 1977, the original. We'll start out by giving a brief review and our score of the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later on, later on, we will be playing a... Mm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how much I should say about this game. So I mean, you got to say the title at least. <laughs> I mean, Well, give me a second. Let me, let me explain why I did this. So... A lot of people have been asking for us to bring back horror or porno. Um, people, when I was live streaming, were asking for it. I see the comments. People want horror or porno. And I've tried to explain myself. I've told them, you know what? I don't know if I want to dig through porn for this show. <laughs> don't know if it's worth it to me. Um, but, you know, people keep asking for it. So It's you gotta disgusting. Give it it's shameful. <laughs> it's sinful. And it's cheating on your wife. <laughs> and your grandmother is looking at you from heaven, and she's disappointed. Well, yeah, she both is. my grandmothers are alive. 
but um, <sighs> I, I have some terrible shameful. news, Max. <laughs> I was going to talk about this before the show, but you know, oh, I thought no. it might be more interesting. But your grandma's dead. Both of them, actually. <laughs> Both of your grandmas Both died. Of them. Yeah. Were they in a car together? Yes. <laughs> they were in a car Jeez. together. They had a head-on collision with a bus. Oh, um, gosh. Don't, don't worry, news. though. The, the bus is okay. The bus is okay? Yeah. <sighs> it okay. was unharmed. Your, your grandmas were very, very frail. <laughs> no, they are frail. I know that about them. Um, but Just yeah. like if you, if you we... took... You know when you throw the used chicken bones in the KFC bucket... You know, I know. That's about what the inside of the car looked like. Oh, after, wow! Just after God. The accident. Wow! Yeah. Okay. Wow! They got hit so hard that they shattered into bones. <laughs> yes. So. So that's why Max this isn't is watching porn because it's it's disappointing to his both his grandmas. Both my grandmas who are now dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But listen, you know, we gotta give the people what they want. We have to deliver, and I've I've decided to change it up a little bit, you know, put my own spin on it so that I can feel more comfortable. Um, so today we will be playing a game called Horror or DiGiorno, where Bryce and Sydney will be viewing uh, blurred images of either a horror movie poster <laughs> or a DiGiorno pizzas ad, <laughs> and they will <laughs> they will have to be guessing which one is a horror movie and which one is a DiGiorno's pizza ad. Bravo. That is the kind of content we need on the podcast. This is this is gonna be good. I see why you set this up the whole week. You were like, I'm gonna Yes, I've been texting them all week about this amazing (laughs) idea that I had. And you've delivered, much like not DiGiorno. Because it's not delivered. That's an essential part of horror movie talk uh being a more horror movie talk host is being very 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 excited about your bits (laughs) and your ads and uh getting lukewarm reactions from your from your co-hosts yeah it it will never it'll never live up to your expectations but the self-satisfaction i am riding a high just even saying horror DiGiorno on the show so i I gotta admit it's pretty good it's it's a quality (laughs) quality idea so and this episode um i just want to say to the fans comes with 50 percent more mouth breathing and swallowing sounds from me because i know that you guys have been loving it and express how much you appreciate hearing me in the background all the time having fat man breathing um and i just want to bring the fans what they want so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it this episode and if you guys yeah um, i really do if you if you up your Patreon, if you go to the next tier, I will um, I will also start breathing heavily and swallowing, um, and then you go up the next tier, and Max will do it. So it's really up and to you, you guys. And if you go to the highest tier, I will edit out all the breathing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Jeez. laughs> that sounds a lot like uh, one of Horror the characters Porto? from this movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, bef- before we go any further, Sydney, do you want to uh, walk us through this haircut that you got? <laughs> it's very different. Sure. Are we, are we bringing back the trans bit? <laughs> My identity is not a joke, Bryce. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> um, 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, no, I just, I've been thinking about cutting my hair for a long time, and I finally did it, and it felt good. But, though, the, I've never had my hair this short. I've always had hair, like, over my ears, and it's shaved over my ears now. It is, my ears are so cold. You guys just deal with this all the time. I'm like, I need to wear a hat everywhere now. Like, I did before, but, like, there's nothing covering my ears. They get so red and cold in this winter. Um, but, yeah, I think, I don't know. I just, I told yeah, myself I, mean, I would never get a mullet, and this is kind of like a mullet, kind like, in a little bit. So, here I am with my new haircut. Yeah, I mean, you're just learning how hard it is to be a man. You know, yeah, it's really. I understand I the struggle of um, the struggle is real. The struggle of men, um, um, cold earlobes, <laughs> as well as you know, you know the draft sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the draft. The draft. Yeah, the draft. The draft against my ears. The draft, the draft. on your ears. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was referring that's to. That's exactly what it is. But yeah, just. You know, I wanted to. I wanted to change, and now I have new hair. And I didn't well, dye it, it, it contrary to popular edible. belief. It. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it suits you. It looks good. I don't. Thank you. I didn't mean to make fun. No. I don't care. You do not look like a man. <laughs> Thanks, but maybe I want to. All right, Max. Okay. <laughs> you know, when Sydney, I don't really know how to win here. Cindy, whenever you're comfortable, I mean, if you if you need support in any way, um, you know we're we're here. We love you. We accept Thank you. you. Thank you. And you know, you. reach out to David. He knows a lot about this. Subject. You're right. You're right. Yeah. The 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 resident he transitioned trans. and then transitioned back. <laughs> He's so crazy All for right. that. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into Suspiria. Suspiria can be found on Tubi for free. Uh, Suspiria is a movie about a young American woman named Susie who relocates to Germany to join a prestigious dance academy. As Susie begins to adjust to her new life, she stumbles into a world of conspiracy which seems to surround her school and dance instructors. People start to go missing while Susie and her friend Sarah attempt to put the pieces together. When the school staff starts to show their true colors, Susie must investigate the history of the academy before whoever is murdering the dancers makes her the next target. In the end, they all get more Suspiria than they bargained for. <laughs> My review of Suspiria is, Suspiria is directed by Dario Argento and stars Jessica Harper as Susie. The movie, now considered a horror classic, uses unconventional lighting and color, which gives the movie a unique feeling and adds to the suspenseful atmosphere. The dialogue is kind of goofy at times, but to me that is part of the charm. My problem with Suspiria is that the runtime is only an hour and 40 minutes, but it somehow feels like a two hour plus movie. The scenes drag on, probably to linger on the beautiful designed shots, and the plot is minimal compared to the 2008 re 2018 remake, which expands on and adds ideas to the original. However, I say all this just for the sake of uh, being a little critical. I actually really do enjoy this movie, and I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, it's a completely different thing than... I mean, the remake is a completely different thing. Like, it's it was yeah. really interesting watching it, because this is the first time I've seen the original. 
and we did a review for Suspiria back when it came out. What was that? 2018? 2018. Um, so, yeah, there's in terms of like plot and stuff going on, there's way less in this movie um, compared to the, the remake. But it is a, as the kids say, a vibe. Um, it's it's a really interesting in in terms of like building suspense and just being kind of wacky with delivering on that suspense. Um, it's enjoyable. Uh, I don't. I mean, I I I got a little bored with it. Like with these types of movies where it's like the dialogue's a little too on the nose. Um, there's kind of any time when it's not trying to build suspense or kill someone, it's a pretty boring movie and nothing actually interesting really happens. And like the mystery that the movie purports to be, you know, hiding until the end is just kind of feels a little tacked on. But I I can see why it's considered just a, a great horror movie or a thriller. So I'd I'd still say it's definitely worth a watch but I'd give it like a 7 out of 10. Sorry yeah, I... for... I was moving around while you were talking. I was listening to you, but I... I, Why didn't I think of this before? Look at this lighting. I can... I have Suspiria lighting now. I know. I'm doing the same thing right now. <laughs> um, oh, that didn't really do anything. Wow. I put purple, but whatever. Um, but... <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I agree with um, both of your criticisms about it. I This is the second time I've seen this. Um, I actually tried to watch it in high school, and I got bored, like, really, like, like probably, like, 10 or 15 minutes into it, so I was like, eh. And then I actually watched it in college, and when I watched it then, I was like, this seems like it's, like, two and a half hours long, but it's not. And then I was like, maybe I'll have a different reaction when I watched it the other day for this, and... Nope, it still felt exactly the same. But, yeah, I think it's a beautiful movie. I think that um, stylistically it's great. I love Dario Argento. Um, I think he's he's a great director. Like, Tenebrae is a great movie. Um, we should do that at some point. I really love that one. Um, but, yeah, there's a there's goofy stuff in it. There's stuff that definitely makes you laugh that's probably not trying to make you laugh. But... Yeah, overall, it's, like, entertaining, it's gorgeous, the colors, the lighting, um, the set dressing and everything is great. And I think that is what the movie has going for it. It doesn't really have much of a plot. It's just kind of like, ah, it's so scary. What's going on, yeah. guys? And then you don't really know. <coughs> um, but I I went back and forth about my score for a while, but I'll I'll do 7 out of 10. Yeah, I think like the thing about this movie and, and movies like it is it's it's more it's more of a vibe or more of a visceral experience than trying to sit and, you know, understand a plot or or it's not about the story necessarily. It's about right. the the feel. And so the one thing that it has going for it really well that if you want to study this movie and reuse some of the concepts like as far as replicating a dream feel and a dream logic like it does a really good job because 
like some of these scenes especially the suspense scenes are just replicate the feeling of being in a dream running away from danger and it's like you're just so feeble and incompetent and like nothing makes sense in your environment you're like i don't i don't know stack there's some suitcases i guess i'll stack the suitcases and climb out that little (laughs) tiny window like i don't and like they're trying to open the door but they can't so i gotta get out before before they open the door and then like the time frame is jacked up and and then all of a sudden you're in a you know a, a pit of razor wire. Yeah, that's just. I it, wish I, I mean, could have dreams like that again. It's so dreamlike. Oh. It's like just so random and and disjointed. And it like there is a story, but it feels like it's the story in a dream where it's just being made up as you go along. Um, so in that sense, it's really good. Yeah, I I do wish I could have nightmares like that again. Ever since my wife got pregnant, I only have nightmares about not being able to hold a baby. They're too slippery. (laughs) They're falling down. It's like every week. Do you have nightmares about missing or signing up for a a credit in college and not going to class still? (laughs) No. I did... I did like all my schooling online, so I think I had a very different experience. Uh, oh, that, okay. yeah, that's definitely different. I had I had a you? nightmare last night that um, I was making everyone sandwiches and the cheese was expired, and we all ate the cheese. <gasps> oh no! And I was like, "Fuck!" And I woke up and I was like, "What kind of like?" I have really bad nightmares. That was like nothing. I woke up and I was like, "All right," like I guess that was just a dream. Like, what the fuck? expired cheese oh yeah no. <laughs> my my nightmares recently have just been these like really really annoying stress dreams where it's like i'm dreaming about waking up and sitting in bed and thinking about work and how much time that i have to do the things that i need to do and then i wake up again that's awful like, god oh my damn god it. that's like going to work when you that's like clocking into work when you go to it sleep. is that's it, so it's awful the fucking worse like waking up and staying in bed in a dream yeah <laughs> is is the worst no right i had a nightmare just last night where we had our baby which isn't born yet and my wife was like trying to like like flatten her hair because it was like sticking up but she was pressing too hard and I could hear the squishing noises and I was like stop 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 that and then I tried to grab the baby but the baby's head is going like this and it's horrible Mm. I will tell you holding a newborn baby is really nerve wracking because I have a um, I have a sister who's about to be two and when she was born um, I saw her like I don't know I like 10 or 14 days after she was born so she was tiny tiny and everyone was like hold her and I was like uh like this is like I don't know what this thing is and I was so terrified I was like I was like someone someone take her someone take her I'm gonna I'm gonna like drop her on the floor I'm gonna like break her neck I don't know I don't know what to do right now it's so it honestly is pretty scary but you'll you'll get used to it well thank you for confirming my fears of being a father I appreciate that I mean, it's, I'm sorry, but it's just, they're so delicate, and you're going to be totally fine. They're really not, like, that delicate, but, oh. <laughs> this is this is Max in his dreams, except just replace the limes with babies. <laughs> this is the I same picture you showed last babies. time I brought this up. <laughs> Why can't I hold all this baby? <laughs> you're going to be fine. Um, thank you. Uh, back to the movie, though. Part, like, 
when we were talking about the the scenes dragging on, like there's this one mm-hmm. scene where they're like swimming in a pool and talking, and then they just stop talking and they swim for like a minute and a half with no no talking, and I was just like, why is this in the movie? Why no. is, why keep this? It's and characters who have no screen time for some reason later on get like a ten minute death scene. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it all adds to the effect, right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I do enjoy the movie, so I'm not, I'm, I'm just trying to poke a little bit of holes so I don't have to give it a 10 out of 10. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. If you're listening to these commercials, you should know that you don't have to. Guys, come on. This is like the third time I'm bringing it up this episode. Go to our Patreon and sign up for whatever tier you can afford and give us your money. I need it more than you do. You can also go over to the Horror Movie Talk shop and get lots of cool stuff. We got hoodies. We got shirts. We got other things. Stickers. Make sure to check out our resident artist, Dustin Goebel, a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Contact him on Instagram at dgoebel 0 and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell them HMT sent you. Again, that number is 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening. And let's get into these Suspiria spoilers. Alright, so this movie starts out with Susie arriving in the airport in Germany. She's on her way to the Dance Academy, which she's been accepted into, and it is just raining super hard. She gets into a taxi, um, can barely figure out how to talk to the taxi driver, and eventually she's driven to the the big school where most of the dancers live, um, but she's denied entry. They won't let her in. And she also sees another student kind of, like, running out, like, in a, in a frenzy. She is, like, leaving and speaking nonsense, and she's running out into the rain, which is a very odd thing for her to see on her first night. Yeah, and I, about this whole scene, like, Susie gets denied, and she goes back in the cab, and then she comes back in the morning with no bags... And I, where was she? Like, where was she all night? That was, that was my first question of the movie was like, where did she go? Did she just go back to the airport? Did she like go to a hotel? Like it, that was never explained. She just like shows up in like, I don't, I don't know. Well, something I I like about her character is it's, it's not really talked about very much, but I kind of just inferred this is that she really wants to be independent she wants to be on her own um she is making a huge change going from america to germany to study dance and it's talked about later where they're talking about what they're going to do when they graduate and she's like i don't really know i'm just going to go back to the states probably um so she doesn't really have a plan but she knows that she wants to go out into the world and and do something on her own and one thing that keeps reoccurring in this movie is the teachers at the dance academy are so weird about living situations like Mm -hmm. they do not want her living on her own they don't want her being out of their sight and she's just kind of like 
I I would like to just go out and and live on my own and come to school. But it's uh kind of it, it becomes weirder and weirder with that. But at at this point, it kind of seems like she she just wanted to stay there for the night and was probably planning on getting her own place. I assume. Yeah, they kind of definitely push her they're like it's fine if you don't stay here but like most of the girls do and i also with the um the independence that you were talking about i looked up a couple fun facts about this movie and apparently dario argento wanted um the cat the dance academy to be girls 12 years old and under but the studio was like you can't do that because you're going to be like killing them and it's going to be really intense and that would be a lot um and he was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll make it like 20, like around 20 years old and above. But he didn't change the script. So <laughs> that I I read that at the top of the movie. Like I, I went on the IMDb immediately when I started watching it. And um, I just kept that in mind throughout the whole movie. And so it's like if the writing is a little bit childish, if they seem like they're being childish, then it's like it's because... The script was meant for 12-year-olds, which is a really weird point, Yeah, it makes a little sense. The two scenes that come to mind are, like, when she's in the locker room and, like, the little bickering and, like, sticking the tongue out and (laughs) name-calling is one. And then, like, the the one where, was it Susie? Uh, Not Susie. What's the other S name? Sarah. Her friend, Sarah. When Sarah's like, I counted the footsteps. It's like that seems like such a Goonies thing, like <laughs> trying to figure out the mystery by, you know, looking at mundane details and then like shocked that like I didn't even think about them not going towards the exit. It's like oh, so you're a <laughs> moron. Yes. <laughs> so you're a dum dum. Okay. Um. Uh. One thing we should mention is um after. Susie leaves for the night because she isn't let in. We kind of cut to the girl who was running away from the school. Her name is Pat. And she goes to her friend's apartment and she is like explaining like, I just had to get out of there. Like, you don't understand. They're crazy. Um, And while she's like drying off her hair because it was raining super hard, she is attacked through a window uh, by a man who was like watching her and this death scene was pretty fun to watch I think because it I mean the stabs awesome. were very like gross sounding and there's a part where like her chest cavities ripped open and you see a beating heart and the knife just goes into the heart it's it's pretty great yeah I think it's probably the best death in the movie um, yeah. oh yeah and it's the first like one of the first things you really see and yeah, you don't see anyone die for a while after that. Yeah, it's too. it's bizarre too. And then she's like on the roof, on the glass on the roof, and her like head, like how her head goes through the back, her like her head goes back mm-hmm. and goes through the glass. It's just like I don't know what they did to her face, but it was so creepy and weird looking. And then yeah, it's a lot of lot of moving parts in that death scene, and it worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. An- another part of the death scene is like yeah she's thrown through that glass and hung and the glass just like rains down on her friend and impales her and so she dies too so it's a 
it's a pretty crazy scene and mm -hmm. the i i really like the color they use for the blood in this movie because it's like so bright red it's like it's like you're looking at cherries it's it's a, yeah. a really interesting color yeah this is like the first i think uh giallo movie that i've watched all the way through um, oh really so there's a lot of from what i understand there's a lot of conventions in these italian giallo movies and one of them is like super bright blood mm -hmm. um lots of stabby stabby action um i've heard that most of the time it's like leather gloved people um that are doing it but that wasn't the case here but yeah a lot of um th this this first death scene is also the kind of the first instance of dream logic where she's looking out the window and she's like is do i see something like i feel weird about looking out the window and something's off and then these yellow eyes appear just in the middle of nowhere and then like a you know hairy arm breaks through the window and grabs her it's it's very effective and uh it's really cool like it's 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 like something that you don't see because they're just throwing stuff out there that makes you uncomfortable <laughs> you know you're like ah yeah you know pushing a girl's face up against the window and you know while you're trying to murder it's like oh no and uh, nice. the next scene the next scene has some of my favorite lines in the whole movie so i'm gonna so she goes back to the school during the day and they let her in and she meets madam blank uh who it is like the head dance instructor is that what she is I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> it's a little confusing. There. <laughs> like. Yeah. So there's, there's there's her and she's like the boss, and then there's like a few other dance instructors, and then on top of her, we learn later there is like the founder, who never really shows her face, but she's supposedly. Elena Marcos is like the right. head mm -hmm. mistress, and then there's Madame Blanc, and then I forget what the name of the other one that wears like the suit is i don't remember her name mm -hmm. but madame blanc is very like jewelry dresses hair done makeup done and the other lady is like very militant like teacher kind of like mrs trunchbull from the <laughs> matilda like kind of person yeah. um yeah yeah so the lines i like from this scene are when she is introducing Susie to everyone and she says oh and this is my nephew I'm very attached to him which I, I don't know why I find that so funny but it's just a goofy <laughs> goofy line yeah the dialogue in this is, is kind of like uh, it feels very early 50s kind of dialogue very yeah. utilitarian yeah. it's like this is what we do here and this is where you're gonna go and this <laughs> is the thing that's happening and and this person does this and this person does this this person's very ugly isn't he okay well well moving on yeah that's the uh, other good one is uh, oh this is uh pablo he's very ugly isn't he it's okay to say that <laughs> um that's a great line yeah, yeah i don't the dialogue really is like this is a person this is how i'm related to this person and this is how i feel about this person yeah yeah <laughs> I love that that uh, light of dialogue too, and they she's like he's very ugly. It's okay, he doesn't understand. He's Romanian, but you see in his eyes, he's like, "Bitch, I, <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to talk to you." <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys um, were 
noticing how sometimes the dialogue doesn't like line up with their mouths or like it kind of seems like it's translated over like like the yeah, initial dialogue over. was like in a yeah it was in like a different language yeah so yeah they well, actually this is, this is yeah, yeah this is another one of the the uh tropes of giallo or even just italian movies like you yeah. you see this in spaghetti westerns too is like they just do post recording they they do sometimes they don't even bother to record the audio while they're shooting they didn't in um, this movie they didn't record any audio they only use any of it wow no audio at all they That's did it really all in post yeah it's and it kind of catches you off guard because i watched this with my boyfriend and he was like this is bothering me so much like because i already knew this before i watched it and i told him at the top of the movie and he was like this is really fucking bothering me like this better like be good or i can't watch this movie because it's not lining up it sounds like it's a different person and then he ended up liking it so it was fine but it it's kind of weird at the beginning but you get used to it as you watch it i think yeah it's it's uh like that that technique what it does is like it does create kind of an otherworldly experience because everyone's voice is the exact same volume and feels like it's just detached from the scene you know because like you don't hear the room at all you don't hear like any reverb or anything off of the walls or that you can't hear any distance you know if someone's Mm -hmm. sitting across the room from someone else like you can't it gives you no like sense of space with the audio when you record and post like that um but it it is a different feel and then you definitely like and another reason they do that is they do play pretty fast and loose with like casting where they're like yeah this person's german and this person's italian and they don't know english at all but we'll just have them say their lines in german or italian and then like poke the other person to let them know uh when to talk and then they just put their lines in english in post and it's like okay so there are some some instances where it's literally overdubbing a foreign language but most of it is people talking in english overdubbed in english (laughs) which which is weird it's an interesting strategy yeah um uh, I I kind of figured that they were just doing that for lines that maybe got messed up, like maybe the audio was messed up and they decided to re-record that one because I didn't notice it throughout the whole movie. I just noticed it in a couple spots, but mm-hmm. that's really interesting that they did it for the whole thing. Um, the next part that I wanted to talk about is in the locker room. Like you brought up before, the, the dialogue in the locker room is very odd. Um, but <laughs> what I thought was most interesting was how stingy all these dancers were they're all trying to (laughs) shake her down for money and anytime they're being kind to her they're really just trying to get money out of her like um, she needs to borrow someone's shoes and she's like hey is there anyone who who can lend me some shoes for the day and one's like oh yeah of course I would love to lend you my shoes Um, do you want to buy them and she's like well no I have my own I just didn't bring them today and she's like oh I guess you can still borrow them which is yeah, great. See, I didn't. I didn't see it as stingy. I just thought it was like they're all looking for opportunities to make money. They're like very entrepreneurial, um, yeah, ballet dancers. And they're like, oh yeah, I can sell you these at a discount. Like I can use, you know, you gotta, you gotta get the, you gotta stay liquid with the cash so you can buy, you know, all your, uh, um, 
you know, dancer things. <laughs> yeah, what what do dancers what do dancers buy? Uh ballet dancers, uh probably a lot of laxatives. Um <laughs> Jeez. Um Jeez, Bryce. <laughs> You know, I do know that uh, um, they I noticed that they were doing point. I did ballet for like two years when I was like a toddler. Um, OK, but go off. Go were, off, queen. I know I'm so coordinated. Um, but uh, they were doing point, And when you need to buy like new point shoes, like almost every week, if you're a professional ballerina, because they get so fucked up because you're standing on them. And you have to break them in. You have to, like, sew them yourself. Like, there's, like, a whole... I I used to really look up to the point ballet dancers at the studio that I went to because I just thought it was so cool. And it's, like, so taxing on your body. And, like, it, those shoes are not cheap either. So I guess they're probably trying to save up to get, like, new leotards and new shoes and stuff. But I don't know. I also think in this scene they set up the character of Olga as, like, this kind of, like, hot mean girl. And... Then she gets, like, two scenes, and she's gone. You don't see her for right. the rest of the movie. Like, I thought she was going to be so important, and I, I forgot this about the first time I watched it, and I was like, wow, she's so interesting and cool. Maybe she'll be, like, in on the secrets of the dance studio, or she'll, like, help Susie out. And it's like, nope, after, you know, the next scene where Susie's, like, at her apartment for one night, she's just like, that's it. That's all you get yeah, from her. Yeah, you just don't see her. Apparently, in the trivia, it says that there was a scene cut from the end of the movie where Olga was in the 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 show that all the students were at. Like, so when when Susie arrives at the end of the movie, and the the school is basically abandoned because they're all <clears throat> got tickets to the ballet or something. Yeah, and so I think it was impl- they're going to kind of imply that. Olga was kind of a witch in training and getting the the fame and power from being on that pathway but yeah they just abandoned that <clears throat> there's a lot of like little you know um offshoots and and side characters that don't actually amount to anything and aren't <laughs> tied up in a bow they're just like oh okay like the cook that like shines the the magic light interface is like oh right so is she what is she like what's her like nothing's ever explained why they do the things they do it's just like oh yeah weird shit's happening and then you find out like oh it's a witch's coven well that makes sense like no it, it doesn't it didn't explain that at all uh but sure the, you know as far as witches covens go they don't really do much uh witching around in this movie not at honest. all not yeah, I that's that's one of my main questions about the movie is like what are they trying to do? Cuz it looks like they're very very focused on Susie cuz they're drugging her and like bewitching her. Are they trying to kill her and consume her or something or so, what's the what's the motivation? Cuz like it's never super clear they do you know at the end obviously they're trying to kill her but it's because she's making trouble it's like okay well if you left her alone and we're back back. whoa (laughs) nothing happened it's max's turn this time to be the technical difficulties yeah but look how 
cool my video looks now. Uh huh. Sure. I made it even better. Um, next in the movie, Susie has her first dance lesson, and she is feeling really sick, and she tells her teacher, like, hey, I, can I just sit down for, like, five minutes? I am not feeling good. And she's like, this is an easy dance. It's so easy. Just stand up and dance. And so she does, and she faints, and blood is coming out of her nose, and so she has this, like, really weird doctor come look at her and I've never like could you imagine waking up from passing out and a doctor is just sticking needles in you and not even telling you what's in them it's very bizarre yeah that was a that was a weird um scene and then like later I think Sarah who lives right next door to her is like oh that was the doctor that came and saw you and Susie's like what about him and Sarah's like like doesn't say anything it's just like okay um but yeah he's like he's like oh you're you're just stressed you're just trying to adjust and you're hemorrhaging out of your nose so you need to eat a bland diet for a week and you can't move for the rest of the day and i'm gonna like give you a shot like you said of like what i don't know i don't know why she would need a shot if she got a nosebleed and then he (laughs) the best part was like and we're prescribing you red wine every night with dinner because it will boost your blood and it's like okay yeah great (laughs) perfect medicine love it that's actually exactly what i would want my doctor to tell me like if they were going to force me to do anything it's like a glass of red wine with every meal that's pretty awesome Mm -hmm. yeah like well it's so funny just be drunk all day whatever there's a couple like things from the previous scene and this scene that confuse me number one like what are they doing in that dance studio? Like, is that actually... It didn't seem like it was a choreographed dance. They're just kind of, like, flinging around and, and you know, there's no real instruction. Um, so I was just like, all right, so they just all know how to dance in this dance that she's never heard of before? Okay, that's interesting. And then, yeah, in the scene where the doctor's there, he's like oh yeah you know you're just overstrained and you know you uh tore some tendons and that's where the hemorrhage happened i'm like how would like torn tendons or ligaments like make you bleed through your mouth and nose no like oh yeah it's a you know dance stuff i Um, mean yeah that doctor is questionable yeah with the dancing that's what i appreciate about the new um Suspiria the remake is that they actually do dance and you do see them dance and there's obviously the really great body horror scene of like the girl dancing in the studio and like you know whatever but yeah for a movie about a dance studio you really just see them like there are like two scenes where like people are like doing like pirouettes and shit and it's like (laughs) oh okay, I guess this is a dance studio, but mostly it's just the girls in their rooms and, like, the the little boy running around being creepy as fuck. Like, it's like, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty... It, they must have hired actual dancers as, as the cast because they were able to dance and they yeah. looked like ballet dancers, but you get the distinct impression that it was just Dario Argento just saying, okay, now dance. And they're like, <laughs> I, 
uh, okay and they're just kind of walking around dancing there's and uh yeah and then like they they <clears throat> early on that first scene when she's introduced they're like yeah we don't really teach you how to dance we expect you to already know that we're just gonna like mold you you're like uh, okay yeah you know i feel like a dance academy should have some semblance of teaching you how to dance i don't know maybe a little so am i the only one who finds male ballerinas just a little a little weird <laughs> i i did not enjoy watching that hairy man with the hairy armpits dance around that's homophobic actually so well um, i think it's actually I'm homophobic kidding. of you to assume that that man's gay <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. I am homophobic. I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I think you might have some things to work out, Max. Yeah, I, Did it make you feel funny feelings? No, it made me feel gross. He's too Did hairy. Stir, stir up emotions. He's too your, hairy to be dancing that beautifully. That you, yeah. Forget horror or porno. We should do horror or male dancer. <laughs> right. No, that um, is. Yeah, one. I will That's say, what I'm saying. Like, the the guy's chest hair was distracting. The <laughs> that's what I'm he, saying. Because he does look like he's 14, and he has the chest of like a like a 50 year old Greek sailor. Look, and, that's all I was trying to say, Bryce. Okay. You actually get it. I you know, I don't even like really recall this. Like, I, like that's I think that's the problem is that it didn't even affect me at all. So mm. I guess you two might be thinking about men too much. Um, you can deal with that in your own right. Well, they're yeah. just distracting when there's all these beautiful women dancing and there's just this hairy man <laughs> flinging around. I mean, he he was a great dancer. He did great. Yeah. He did wonderful. Um, <laughs> so another development uh, after she passes out is that she's forcibly moved into the school. Um, they're like, oh, while you were asleep, we brought your bags from your apartment to the school so you can stay here. And she's like, well, I don't want to stay here, though. And they're like, well, it's for the best. It's fine. You know, everyone stays here anyways. Um, so she's now living at the school. And that night, as they're getting ready for bed, maggots just start raining from the sky. And it's like they're getting in everyone's hair and their food. Like, it's everywhere. And they learn that there was rotten food in the attic like they shipped food for the next like week or so and it came and sat in the attic but it was rotten and so maggots just infested it and were seeping through the floor down onto everybody which uh, is disgusting number one and caused them to have to relocate into like the gym to sleep so everyone's sleeping in the same room yeah, I thought that was um, definitely interesting. Like, when they move her into the school, they're like, Olga brought your bags and brought you back uh, the rent you were paying her. She didn't touch a penny of it. And so Susie kind of blames Olga and is like, oh, she was so quick to get rid of me and whatever. So, like, again, like, it would have been nice to have that deleted scene of Olga being in on it because that kind of sets it up a little bit. But also the, yeah, the maggots thing is weird. Um food rotting in the attic is weird it's like maybe they're like if it was a dead body that would be like i don't know more effective i guess but um also trivia for the maggots they just threw rice on everyone um <laughs> to get the shot well, i love how they blame they blame the supplier they're like yeah they just delivered all this rotten food to us and like um number one shouldn't you check your deliveries number two shouldn't you put them in the fridge yeah why did you put the food in the attic 
if it's expirable food like organic matter like why would you put it in the attic you know a lot of questionable decisions at this dance studio. <laughs> well, and, something uh, I don't understand about this scene is like, is it are the maggots and the rotting food? Does it have anything to do with the fact that there's witches here, or is it just? Oh, also, we're not very good at keeping uh, food good. <laughs> I mean, I really wasn't sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a very again, it's another one of these like dreamlike features where it's like oh yeah this just a thing happened maggots started falling from the ceiling because that's just something that happens sometimes and then the explanation for it is also very dream logic which like oh yeah there was just a bunch of expired food upstairs so the entire surface of the attic was covered with maggots and they fell through the ceiling anyways nothing else to see here folks let's move on to the next scene <laughs> and we'll have it taken care of in one day it's fine yeah like, don't worry like we don't have to redo an entire floor um so they they're all put into uh like a gym to sleep and all the girls are there and this is where um we hear one of the girls talk about how the teachers don't stay there overnight they they leave around like 9 p.m. or something and so that's something that is important to remember for later but for now they're all just going to sleep and in the middle of the night they hear this uh woman walk in and like is sleeping behind the curtain and just has like the most ragged breath breathing and is like so loud and snoring and it's freaking everybody out and one of them says oh that must be the headmistress i heard her and she sounded just like this last time i heard her yeah, and I can't remember if it's this instance or if it's later. Like, do they get up and explore at this time, or do they wait? Like, is it just the talking? Is this when they swim in the pool? I think they just go to bed after that. Yeah, I mean, there's not... <laughs> I don't remember them ever exploring together. I think it was just... Oh, um, yeah, they definitely didn't. Sarah goes exploring because Susie fell asleep, and then she dies and then Susie at the end goes exploring right yeah I mean everything feels very, very detached like okay so this you know head school person is sleeping and snoring next to us it's like the girl makes it seem like it's very important and very odd and like so an old lady is sleeping next to you and it's like what what's the What's the mystery? What's like the the uh yeah, the danger like spookiness of just like an old well, I mean, I guess I understand that spookiness <laughs> and of an old person sleep, sleeping and snoring close to you that's some, you know, one of my latent fears, but um it's Ageist, not, but okay. None of this is really connected until the very end where it's like okay, we learn who that old person is and it is spooky, but at the time it's like yeah, it's just someone snoring. Like, go to sleep. Well, I guess the one thing that would be creepy about it is, um, I guess Susie doesn't know this at this at this point, but a lot of people do kind of know the rumor that the headmistress is a witch. Like, that's kind of a local rumor. So maybe that's why she felt like it was important to talk about it. Um, Susie doesn't learn that till later, so I I don't know why she would be afraid. Yeah, and I think like the main character being a person like Susie 
is very strange to me because it throughout the movie it seems to me like Sarah should be the main character because she's the one pushing all the investigation and she knows all this backstory and she's like Pat the girl who died in the beginning was her friend and she's trying to figure all this stuff out and Susie like really doesn't seem to give a shit until she can't find Sarah like that's like like Susie's just like Sarah keeps telling her all this crazy shit and Susie's like okay can we go to bed like okay like but then we find out pretty soon after this um that like Sarah has like a note that Pat wrote and it, she's trying to tell Susie about it and Susie keeps falling asleep and like then they kind of put the pieces together that Susie's probably getting drugged um by the food and the wine. But... Yeah, I think Susie, I mean as the main character in the movie the function is have her be innocent and and preyed upon and fe and feeble and weak <laughs> like that's like yeah. the whole yeah. um kind of archetype which is like make her as small and frail and helpless as possible and then have like all these things out of her control being thrust upon her and then like you know have her win in the end but yeah, as far as like, it's kind of the same thing as, um, what was that movie with Audrey Hepburn, um, when she's playing the blind woman, we did it for, uh, the blind woman, is that the cats? No, cat people? no, is it's not cat Roman people. Holiday? It's a... No, <laughs> no it's a horror movie. Know. Uh, I don't know. Dark... Bre Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's <laughs> not a horror movie. Uh, I've only ever seen Breakfast at Tiff Tiffany's. I don't know. Anything. Yeah, Wait Until Dark. Have you guys ever Wait seen Wait Until Dark? Until Dark? No. no. It's pretty great. Like, she's just a... It's kind of a similar deal where it's Audrey Hepburn, so she's super tiny, you know. Like, you feel like you could break her in half, you know, like a pencil. Um, And so there's already... She's, like, very, you know... Uh, susceptible to harm um but also she's blind in the movie so it's just another way that she's being preyed upon in like a bunch of the plot of that movie is basically she's living in this apartment and there's these men that sneak into her apartment unbeknownst to her trying to find like a hidden like treasure and um like the the suspense in the movie is like she's not aware but she gets a weird feeling that people are around her and you s see them sneak around so anyways there's a lot of like um kind of dramatic irony um in both and like having your main character be you know the the one layer that they didn't add on which uh, apparently is what they wanted was being a 12 year old <laughs> like that would that's the only extra layer of like okay how much more feeble and frail can we make this person like Oh, let's just make put them in a ten-year-old body in mind, and and like, yeah, that'll work. Speaking of blind people, um, the the pianist of the school is blind, and he has a a dog that helps him around. And in the next scene, the dog apparently bites Madame Blanc's nephew, and so he gets fired. And his death scene 
is so long. I don't know. Did, did you guys feel this way too? Like oh, it shows wow. him walking with his dog for like two minutes and then his dog starts freaking out for like another two minutes. And it's just like, please, I we didn't even get any backstory on this character other than he's blind. And we have to sit through this so super long death scene. Yeah, I have a, yeah, like, why doesn't he bring the dog into the studio with him is, like, my first question. Like, why would he leave the dog outside? Like, this is his guide dog. I know he has the cane, but he brings the dog everywhere because that's, like, his guide dog. And you're, like, allowed when you have a, you know, a service dog, you're allowed to bring it anywhere. So that was, number one, super confusing. Um and then I really do love the scene where he gets fired though it's so over the top and ridiculous like they're screaming at each other like he is so pissed he's like my dog would never do that but it's like at the top of his lungs and um, the dance teacher is like but he did so we have to you have, you're fired you're ridiculous and like it is implied that um, it's like the cook lady and the nephew who looks so he's like this the whole movie like he's like mm. and so it's implied that they provoke the dog and you're like kind of led to believe that the boy and the cook are also like witches in a way i don't know um but yeah the death scene for the blind guy is like super long but i do like how the like the they cut his throat i like that when you see that, is that him? Oh, you like cutting throats? Or is that, is that no, a different that was, death scene? That was Sarah. That was Sarah. Okay, oops. Yeah, the dog attacks him. He the yeah. turns on the him. Dog man's best throat. friend becomes right. man's worst enemy. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this is this is the audio from the scene. <laughs> Sorry, there's the a lot later, of throat the stuff dog in goes. this movie. So. Then later the the dog poops him out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of the scenes like that's one of the things you know one of the main features of the movie we haven't talked about, which probably takes up about twenty five percent of its effectiveness, is the music in it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that by uh, Goblin, and uh, I guess Dario Argento is really involved in the process of making the soundtrack it was the music was made before the movie was shot and so it's it's a huge part and so the you know from like a filmmaking perspective or just like a technique perspective it's interesting as a viewer because you're watching it and all of a sudden you feel very uncomfortable and you're like something's gonna happen and it's like the same thing that every uh, you know it's not new um but it's it's weirdly effective of like you'll just have these shots of like looking at the ceiling or like looking at different parts but since this driving soundtrack and these like kind of moaning uh music sounds are happening you're like oh shit something's gonna happen and so it's like leading you down this path and that's kind of what this scene with the blind man's death was about just like he's just looking around there's nothing to see like i didn't see anything like in the distance or like in imdb it said in the synopsis it says like shadowy figures are are moving around like i didn't see shit um 
he's just looking at buildings and like panicking in the middle of this plaza and the the dog is barking at nothing and he's like what the fuck and then most of the time what happens is like it's driving up to this moment and then just nothing happens and then the thing happens (laughs) you know so it's like yeah i'm pretty sure that's if i'm remembering right like nothing happens the dog calms down he's like huh well that was weird and then the dog jumps on him and grabs his throat you're like oh shit um and that's kind of like the a through line where it's like okay so you know the first girl's running away from the from the school she's like in a friend's apartment and you know she's like looks out the window and something's weird and like oh i guess it's nothing nope there's something you know and then you know the guy getting eaten by the dog and then the the best one is the is sarah um we can we can skip ahead and just say like so they're trying to figure out where the teachers are going because they they figured out that they're not leaving the school at nine thirty every night they're going somewhere and and sarah's they're going trying to, to track the right it. and the door is to the left and they say that right. like 10 times right <laughs> and so she tracks down and and then she's like um all of a sudden being chased by you know some killer with a razor blade and she's in this in this room i think i already mentioned it but she's like stacking these suitcases to climb up to this window she climbs to the window and you're like this whole thing is like being is like a super um suspenseful lead up and you're like is she gonna get away and then she climbs to the window and you're like oh okay she's safe like ah and then she takes another step and then she's in a pit of razor wire you know it's like oh jesus christ it's so uh, unbelievable it plays into like the dreamlike setting yeah. of this movie because it's like why the fuck do they have a room full of barbed wire why wouldn't she look before she stepped <laughs> down because she could have like possibly with the boxes in the room like threw them across to get to the other window on the other side there was uh-huh. area in the room that wasn't filled with barbed wire but no she she fucking climbs through it and it's a really like harrowing scene where she's she really like yeah. trying to get plunge out. into it it's yeah. like the the um what is it saw two when she uh, is uh when amanda's pushed into the uh, pit of needles oh why would you remind me of that scene because <laughs> that's what my boyfriend said when the scene happened he was like it's like saw <laughs> and i was like oh my god that is, is the most uncomfortable i've ever been watching a saw movie those, those needles so is so disgusting so, so i mean in those in those scenes like i think it's effective and that's like where the secret sauce of the movie because that's where it's actually entertaining and, and you're engaged and it's it's pretty cool and like the music is cool and like everything combined is is pretty sleek um and it's it's hard to explain or pin down why it's so engaging but it is it's just all the other stuff is you know the movie part <laughs> the the part outside yeah. of those scenes is like feels tacked on and arbitrary yeah. and kind of lazy um but yeah the the effect of those suspense scenes and the death scenes are really good yeah, so the next day, she Susie wakes up and everyone's like, oh, Sarah's gone. She left and she's like, that doesn't make any sense at all. So she tracks down Sarah's doctor or her psychiatrist or whatever. And um, it's pretty much just like exposition dump at this point where 
they're like, oh, the the story is that a witch founded that school and that the witch, you know, it created a witch coven and that's the story. But something I found interesting about this conversation, which I, I thought they were going to bring up later, but they never do, is one of the doctors is talking about how, like, the only way magic can have power over you is if you believe in it and if you are skeptical and you you know you doubt then you're fine then things turn out to be normal which I thought could have been like a interesting way for the movie to end where like she doesn't allow the witches to have power over her but it really never comes up and it's never used again nope and that's the beauty of this movie is that the plot yeah. isn't there um but yeah, I also, um, this is kind of where the movie lost me at this point. Like, I, again, I really do like this movie. We have all mentioned how the plot is just really loose. Um, but it's like, if Susie could get out of the school and do this, why didn't she just leave forever? Because if Sarah's missing, Sarah's probably long gone. Um, and like you already think that something weird is happening in this school so if you're allowed to leave like it's it's kind of set up like they're not allowed to leave and if you're allowed to leave and go talk to these psychiatrists and like Sarah's like friend and all this shit like why didn't you just go home like she could have just went home at this point I guess we wouldn't have an ending but like she would have been safer I think <laughs> like it's kind of weird was curious yeah i guess so well um, again it's it's the dream logic it's right you're not supposed to act logically in a in a dream you're like just compelled to do the thing that's going to put you more in danger it's like right yeah just um, jump so into she... the in the pit of razor wire like that makes sense yeah why not well you have to escape there's only one way to escape the razor wire um, so she goes back to the school at night and everyone is gone. Like we talked about earlier, they all went to a ballet. And so she's alone in this, um, uh, big school and a bat attacks her. She like has to fight off a, a, a singular bat that is like pestering her, which I thought was funny. Also, um, I would be terrified if a bat was, uh, coming after me because I don't want rabies. Yeah. I don't know. 100%. It, like, bats are like a symbol of horror like on halloween people put up lots of bats the, the only thing that scares me about a bat is rabies i don't know if that's how you guys feel about bats but i just I don't am... want covid19 <laughs> well any disease i guess i don't know I don't it's want like, any it's other kind bat of like viruses rats, where like rats don't scare me but i'm afraid that they're carrying a disease that will kill me mm. right yeah you don't want to get bitten no but... Um, so she realizes that she's being drugged. So she dumps her wine down the sink, which is so like, I've never seen wine look like that. Obviously it's fake. It's like it's, it, it was like, like, yeah, it was <laughs> so bright red and she's like mixing it around and getting it all over her hands. And it's a, it's an interesting spectacle, but it's just odd to think about, I guess. It's like they added corn syrup to their, to her wine. Yeah. And she didn't notice it until she was trying to rinse it down. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and it looks thick too. It really yeah. does look syrupy. Yeah. Um, she and just then, never noticed it when she was drinking it, that she was literally drinking <laughs> syrup. Yeah. 
Uh, and something I love about this scene is um, she's sitting there thinking and like she's like turning the cogs in the brain and it just like plays audio from before of her saying it's like her own voice being like they they're going to the right but the door's to the left and it's just funny for your own voice to come back and remind you of the thing you already learned to to help you on it's like that's not necessary we know she knows that you could have just uh you know moved on but she starts counting their footsteps so that she can follow where they're going and she ends up in a secret room uh and this is kind of where it ties back to the beginning where pat was saying nonsense when she was leaving but really she was talking about how to get through the secret passage um so using those clues she's able to move past that room into like a more secret like lair area for witches and i love this scene because she walks in and she's like kind of hiding and she can hear all the teachers in a room and the teacher teachers are just like oh i hate that girl she's so <laughs> stupid i hate her she needs her. to die so that's just like imagine walking into a place you're not supposed to be and everyone's just talking shit about you it's so funny this, this is like you know it makes sense this is the 12 year old girl's fear like this is what every 12 year old girl everyone hates me yeah everyone hates you everyone wishes you were dead and they're talking about you behind your back like you know that teacher's lounge they're just talking about they how much they hate you (laughs) i knew it (laughs) yeah and it's like also really funny when she like remembers what pat was saying because it happens a couple times throughout the movie is that she just like gets these flashes of like more and more of what pat says and i don't know how you remember over time what someone was screaming in the rain when it was really like but it's yeah, also she the remembers dream more logic. not less with time yeah right yeah. yeah and so it was like turn the blue iris or purple iris or something and like yeah so she finds she, everyone's talking shit about her and um she then finds another room or is it the room that she's in? I don't know. It's well, like first she stumbles upon Sarah's body, which oh, looks right. horrifying. It's like ritualistic, like on like a bed. Yeah, and so because she's so scared that she saw her friend's body, she kind of stumbles, yeah, into a new room where she sees the headmistress uh laying and and breathing her ragged breathing. Mm-hmm. Um and this scene is a little odd to me because the witch is just so goofy like she's like you're trying to kill me you can't kill me no one can kill me if you try to kill me i'll kill you and that's like kind of how she sounds and how the dialogue goes um and the the dead body of her friend like attacks her and you know it it ends with her stabbing the headmistress which makes the whole coven fall apart and the building starts collapsing um and that's kind of just how it ends. She she runs out of the building as it's like catching fire and exploding. You missed the part about how the headmistress was invisible for, she was for some invisible. reason. Yeah, and then she I caught her cool. outline in the in the lightning. It was cool. Like it's it's like a weird magic thing, but yeah, I think it was um, the most effective like scene for me. Like when the dead, she's like. 
the headmistress is like hell is behind that door and then the door and she opens the door and it's her like living dead friend who's trying to kill her and then she realizes with like the flashes of lightning she can see the outline of the headmistress so she stabs her and then she's like this gangly old like rotting woman and I think this was like the most one of the most effective scenes for me I mean all the death scenes are like amazing but like this was I was like okay if we're gonna be boring and make no sense for a lot of this and like <laughs> like really like it drags for like yeah. a lot of the third act like you're it's just dragging and dragging and dragging and then for this to be a culmination of everything I think it worked really well um and yeah Susie survives which is cool good for her and the rest of the school all the kids survived too us were like oh yeah because they were all gone yeah so i didn't think about that well they're not kids Um, i'm just thinking of that they are they're not children i also (laughs) really like that they gave the headmistress a traditional witch design where she has like green skin and she she looks like like you'd imagine like a cartoon witch to be which i think is is cool if the rest of the witches look like normal but like the oldest which looks very traditional. Um, it does kind of suck, yeah, though. That's... Like it, like um, in horror movies, they really do portray witches as these like disgusting, decrepit, like old women who are mean and they want to kill you. And like, if you think of like people that practice Wicca in like the year of twenty twenty four, like it's just some like regular old person that's like walking down the street it's kind of um i don't know is it misogynistic kind of but i don't know that's my two cents about it like even in the movie the witch which is like amazing and i give that movie a 10 out of 10 every time like it's either she's like super hot or she's like really gross and disgusting and it's like can women not just be regular like can they just be regular sometimes oh no nope Never. <laughs> um, well, we have to fit women somewhere on a scale of one to ten. I mean, you can't just give them all a five. No, I'm kidding. That's that is not how I view women. Everyone, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah. So, who would like this movie? Um. I think like if you like stylistic movies, if you like movies that are going to like give you something visually more than like plot wise, then like I think I think this is a horror staple, honestly. Like and if you're trying to get into Jalo movies, like this is a good entry into it. And Dario Argento is an incredible director. Um he really knows how to make a captivating image. So I don't know. Stylistic movies, fun visual movies people that like that yeah if you like kind of the more visceral dreamlike um stuff um or if you just like people getting stabbed a lot um this is pretty good um yeah it's kind of a if you want to watch more foreign horror this is definitely a great example of italian giallo um it's yeah, taken me a I, while to get 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 to it. Like I've, it's like been of interest, but it's just not my bag necessarily. So I'm glad that the patrons voted to get us to watch it. Because was this your nice first time watching film. it? 
Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is interesting. I Yeah, I think that this is a classic, and so if you like horror, you should probably see it at some point. And it the good parts are great. The bad parts are, like, so bad that they're great. So I, I think that it's all around a really good movie. Yeah. All righty. Let's jump into our game Horror or DiGiorno. I'm so I need to uh, qu- quickly figure out how to uh, get uh, on the right screen here. Hold on. Here, I'll, I'll play the theme song. It's the night when the moon is hot. I walk the streets where danger breaks out the ash and wind blows through the city tonight. I hope I unfold ready to give you a frown. You know, stains on the walls, bodies on the floor. This ain't no movie, it's a real hard floor. I gotta watch your back. I gotta stay alert. In the streets of Harborwood and Demons, Harborwood. That's when we bring Richard to the night. It's a terrifying thing here. Yeah. Ain't no flags, all no sweet blade things. Just a ninety days to wrap. It was funny things. This ain't no DeGornos here. It's supposed to be DeGornos. <laughs> okay, so if I'm on this screen, can you see it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Do you want me to press share my screen or just? Nope, this works. Or is this fine? Yeah, we is can fine? See it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Perfect. Okay, so just re- as a reminder, I'm going to show you either a movie poster hmm. or a DiGiorno's pizza ad. Okay. Your job is to guess which it is. And bonus points if you guess the right movie or the right type of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And we'll we'll do scoring based off of whoever answers first, I guess. Is that, okay. is that fair? Yeah. Okay. First up is this image right here. Bryce. Sydney. Okay, Bryce, let's hear that it. That is uh Nightmare on Elm Street. That is correct. Sydney, you gotta be faster than that. I said that I, is, I tried. Yeah. Well, you were too slow. That is a Nightmare on Elm Street. All right, Sydney, your time to uh, to step it up here. You ready? The next one is this image. Sydney. Okay, Sydney, what is this? <laughs> uh, this is Child's Play. Are you sure Bryce. it's not DiGiorno's? Child's Bryce, Bryce, no, what's up? I'm sure it's not a pizza. It's Child's Play 2. It's... <laughs> I don't know. You Did the big pixelated 2 give it away? No. <laughs> it is child's play too. <laughs> All right. Uh, one point for Sydney, one, one point for Bryce. Fuck you, Bryce. Okay. <laughs> Number three. What is this? Bryce. <laughs> Bryce, what's up? This is a DiGiorno pizza? It is a DiGiorno <laughs> pizza. What kind? It's a pepperoni stuffed crust. DiGiorno pizza. It is a pepperoni stuffed crust. <laughs> That's two points for Bryce. So Bryce is at three points. Sydney's at one. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. You both... Wait, hold on. No, I, I did the scoring wrong. Because you both guessed the right movie. So Bryce got two points for Nightmare on Elm Street. Sydney got two points for Child's Play 2. Now Bryce has another two points for getting the correct four, 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 pizza. Two. Four to okay. two. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. What is this? Sydney! Shit. Sydney. Uh this is the DiGiorno. This is the is this the French bread one? Bryce. Bryce, what's up? This is 
DiGiorno pepperoni garlic bread crust. Point goes to Brad. Are you fucking serious? (laughs) (laughs) It is the... It is the garlic bread pepperoni. Read These it. aren't that pixelated. This is not. <laughs> I honestly was going to say California crust, but once you, you said it. I know. Sorry. Do I still get a okay, point? Bryce is at six. Sydney's at two. Oh. Okay. Get good. Next up. Sydney. Shit. Sydney. Um, this is obviously a pizza. I would say it's peppers and onion. Are you sure this is obviously pizza? <laughs> Bryce. Bryce. This is Suspiria 2018. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to give one point to Sydney because this is a hand-tossed DiGiorno Supreme. Uh, okay, it's Supreme. Okay, okay. So I was Supreme. a okay. close. So I don't, I've six never had DiGiorno before, guys. This is... <laughs> Okay, next Are you up, sure you didn't have... have delivery and you you didn't realize it was DiGiorno? <laughs> you know, you're, you might be right. You might be right. All right, next up. Shit. Sydney. Bryce. Bryce. It's a horror movie. Okay. It is um, Pumpkinhead 2. Blu-ray okay. cover. It's not Pumpkinhead 2. Sydney, do you have um, something to say? Is this Suspiria? Is this the DVD for Suspiria? It is not. No. no. Okay. Is it Carrie? I will give Bryce one point because he guessed oh, it was a horror tr- movie first. This is Trick or Treat. I've never Seven seen the DVD cover. I love this movie, though. This is we, this is actually the Blu-ray collector's edition. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. So, I would have given you three points if you guessed it was a Blu-ray, I guess. <laughs> Didn't I say Blu-ray? Oh, maybe. I don't know. What's this? Bryce. Bryce. This is is neither. This is not a horror movie. Uh, We'll say it's a horror movie. Uh, I'm guessing Twilight. It's something in the Twilight franchise. Okay. The two-disc special edition of Twilight. Okay. It's technically a horror movie, and we should review it. Yeah, that's that's true. I think it's just leaving uh, Peacock, unfortunately. So oh, really? We'll have to wait for the next round. No. Was that it? That's it. That was Horror or DiGiorno. <laughs> Bryce, you killed it. Sydney, you did okay. I know. I'm so- Bryce was, was just better at knowing what... Bryce was better at knowing what the pizza was. I know. <laughs> That was um. I don't, that know was about, fun, I don't know if you know this about me. I am very fat, so it's kind of a competitive advantage when it comes to DiGiorno pizza box pizza boxes. That was a really good right, twist that was, on um, horror. That porno. was horror or DiGiorno. I'm sure no one was disappointed mm-hmm. in the way I mixed that up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this episode was produced Oops. by me and edited by me. We want to uh, thank our new patrons. Does anyone have that pulled up? I think we had um, two. I'll in, in just a second. Yep, uh, I actually... Thank you so much to yeah. our lovely patrons. Uh, Kristen G... Kristen G... G... Jesus Christ. Christ <laughs> Kristen G. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Uh, Natalie K. Jennifer... Sorry. Succulent Melons joined... And uh, Derek J. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, 
you know, even if you join as a free member, why not? You'll you'll yeah, be able to that's great. You know, be connected. That is great. Yeah, All right. Thanks, guys. We love you guys. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Bye. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. You get nothing. Is that me? I just hit the through the scraggly wood. He had no face! Horror! Wow, that didn't sound good.